Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hello. I'm Hannah. This is Kelty. We're upbringing and we're here live at five-ish to talk about dismantling discipline, mm-hmm. parenting for sanity and social change. Yep. We talk about right. those big picture ways that we can be changing our beliefs and our approach. And then we talk about the nitty gritty, the little things like try to say this, try to say less of this, try to be thinking also about our power and privilege, not just as parents in the parent-child dynamic, but as privileged, cis, straight, able-bodied white women being able to make change in our homes one tantrum at a time, basically, <laughs> we have this chance, this opportunity to be dismantling, interrupting cycles of oppression, of domination, of hierarchy that we don't want to be perpetuating. But fun. But make it fun. <laughs> this is amazing. We're here tonight. We're here with everyone. Hi, Hello. Everyone's kind of filing in. Oh, this is feeling so good to be here. Hi, Sophie. Feels so good to be here. We mm-hmm. walked uh, before this. That's why we're a little bit mm-hmm. late this evening. Uh, but it was the self-care that we needed. Yeah. It really, really was. Um, I'm grateful that I did it. Uh, I hope you were all uh, finding ways to break out, get outside, mm-hmm. do what you need for your body, your mind, your spirit, all those things. Yeah. We're here tonight to talk about uh, just the challenging behaviors, the big feelings our kids throw at us mm-hmm. um, that we struggle with because we have this kind of programming, mental programming that we have to respond a particular way, but it doesn't always feel that great. Right. And so we're talking about what alternatives do we have to control? What powers do we have beyond control and our parenting fingertips mm-hmm. to um, to discipline a little bit different way? Yeah, we basically became parents and we were handed this like big control toolbox. They're like, here you go. Good luck. 
consequences on my terms now, threats, rewards, overpower lectures, spanking, timeouts, all the things that come so naturally to us as parents that we don't fucking have to do. Absolutely don't. Our kids are going to learn all the things they need to learn. We're going to have a really lovely relationship, connected relationship with them. We're going to be building skills ourselves and we're going to be stopping these culturally conditioned um, paradigms of control. Mm -hmm. We're interrupting that shit. It's pretty awesome. I'm going to pull up a few DMs um, Mm -hmm. right now while you all are kind of getting comfy here, Mm -hmm. maybe typing something to us that's going on with you that you want us to explore. Molly had a brief question that we can dive into first. She says, okay, how did I resist when my kid stonewalls or gaslights? Mm -hmm. Yeah. About what? Mm -hmm. Not that it really So basically, is that a, a phrase for like doesn't listen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, when he's stonewalling me, I'm having feelings. I'm needing something. I'm trying to connect or when about I'm trying something. To give him information, mm-hmm. and he's saying, "Uh, this isn't happening." And what's your big deal, mom? Is that kind of what you're thinking about? Thanks, Katie. Um, what are you kind of maybe paint a little bit of a picture? Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, we can a few things. We can narrate what we see. Sounds like you're not really interested in talking about this right now. So you don't think it's a big deal that you chopped up all the all of my tights but I think it's a big deal and we need to connect about it I think when kids and this is another question that just popped up it said I'd love your thoughts on toddlers ignoring requests questions anything Mm -hmm. and I think again this ties perfectly with this first question we got uh, where this parent is feeling stonewalled and gaslit sure gaslighted uh gaslighted um so (laughs) stuck in our heads um is that our our kids tell us things and give us information in very interesting ways. They feel a little bit of stress mm-hmm. and this is the behavior they do. They pretend we're not there. Mm-hmm. They pretend they're very busy and engrossed in what they're working on, right? They mm-hmm. laugh at what we're saying, mm-hmm. right? They, is- they minimize what we're saying. Oh, mom, oh, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous yeah. what you're asking me. So she oh. says, for example, it's time to go to school and he just says, no, it's not. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but it is. Right. I you're love like, that. You're like, I'm trying not to invalidate you, but mm-hmm. you're invalidating me. This doesn't feel I right. Think that isn't when we translate, if he says, no, it's not, I'd say, it sounds like you're not feeling it right now. What's going on? Yeah. Right. We're translating the words. We're saying, okay, what am I seeing? I'm seeing some resistance. Mm-hmm. So we lean into the resist approach, like you said. So we, we would respect his right to have his own opinion. He's not feeling it. He doesn't want to go to school. Right. We can't understand his experience without respecting the fact that he has a one that's different from us. And I love that, Kelty, not just that our kids have different experiences and needs than we do, like they don't want to go to school, mm-hmm. but they express them in ways that are very confusing and frustrating to us. Right. So wouldn't we wish our kid could say, oh, you know, something's been happening at school lately. Can I tell oh, you? Are you busy? Thing. Hold on. Just when you're ready, you come to me and I just want to tell you about this thing that's just been bugging me a little it's bit. It's this kid. It's, and, yeah. and I'm worried about it. No, they're not saying any of those things. They're saying, no, I'm not going to they're school. Like, school doesn't Mm-mm. exist. No. That's how they express their their need and their stress when they don't have the skills yet. They don't have the emotional awareness. Yeah. And that's our job as parents is to help them build those skills. You're not wanting to go to school. Okay. So we can pop into the empathize step. Okay. So I'm hearing that you don't feel like going. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? That doesn't mean me listening to my child not want to go to school doesn't mean I'm condoning them not going. I think that's our impulse often. Often if I like respect their impulse to disagree or resist or have their own opinion, that doesn't mean that I'm going to grant that a reality. We can do both of those. We can say, 
I want to hear everything. Tell me the truth, how you feel about it. all these things. I'm on your side. And we're still going to school, but yeah. we don't have to say that to them. We mm -hmm. can just engage in their in their reality, whatever it is. And that's where our empathize step is. Mm -hmm. Then sometimes after they're like, yeah, and it sucks. And maybe get a little more information from them. That, that'd be good. Mm -hmm. If we don't, might have to go to the sync up step. Just wanted to say, I know I, I'm hearing you, but it is 830. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's the time that we head out. So that's which when we I state might even concern. be concerned to not even say that though, based <clears throat> on the sensitivity issue. Kids know when it's time to go to school. That's why they say no. So I would skip Kelty. Or you just, don't have to skip. You can just be like, I know, uh, but it's a Tuesday. So, okay. And you move right into innovation yeah. and you're like, okay, what are we going to do? How can I teach my kid that not only when they feel uncomfortable and inner resistance, that it's okay, that they don't have to shame themselves, blame, avoid, be mm -hmm. in denial, mm -hmm. um, drink very heavily, etc. Mm -hmm. that they can lean into their feelings with um, non-judgmental curiosity. curiosity, all those things, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So then they also were teaching them in these steps and these interactions and conversations we're having. All the times we we're have, like, this is a huge pain in the butt. That's our ding, ding. We can right. learn. We can grow. It's going to be okay. Yeah, it's like, get in the car. That's what we want to say. But if we can spend and invest a little bit of time with them mm -hmm. to say, how can we innovate around this? What are you needing at school? How are you feeling mm -hmm. about this it? This could be, I don't want to come to the table. I don't want to get in the tub. I don't want to call grandma back. I don't want to put the screen away. I don't want to do this homework assignment. I don't want to do the chores that you assigned to me randomly. Right. Kids are going to get assigned things that they're not bought into or excited about the rest of their lives. And we want them to build the skills now in how to move through that adaptively. And right? we want to acknowledge their right to disagree because it's their life, mm -hmm. right? Their life that we're just, we're folding them into all this stuff. So yeah. that's a part of the respect step. So now we're innovating. What can we do? Do you have any ideas? You know, uh, if it's a specific situation at school, do you feel like it's something that you could kind of move seats with someone else if she's bugging you or is it something that recently happened? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and we're trying to convey this air, not that we're needing to fix anything or we're drilling to get an answer to fix it and solve it for them, mm -hmm. but we're just curious. Mm -hmm. We're like in our minds, I've got about a minute for this <laughs> and I'm going to be nodding. I'm going to ask open-ended questions. I'm going to invest that time so mm -hmm. they feel like we give a shit. Mm -hmm. So they feel heard and oh, seen. Man. So many times and our, our kids have been like, I'm not going to school today. Mm -hmm. And instead of feeling that need, automatic need to convince them to say, but what you about that friend? School. Oh. Or what do we do after? It'll be so great. Or if you go to mm -hmm. school, this I'll give you this. Mm -hmm. We get into all of these control manipulative tactics. Instead of just saying, I'm a whole space for you right now. You don't feel like going today. You don't feel like going. And oftentimes that can be all our kids need to move mm -hmm. through the feeling of resistance and to just move along with us, right? We don't have to get in the way of their resistance about school. We can be alongside them. Yeah. I love that, Hannah. We didn't really finish the resist <laughs> approach, but it might okay. come to a point where in the summarized step, we need to follow through lovingly, okay. right? And it's not, it, not that the resist approach isn't working, but we've engaged through a respectful conversation mm -hmm. with our child about this thing that they're not digging. And it might come to a certain point where we say, I'm going to help your body outside. we got to get in the it's car. Time. It's time to go, honey. Right? So she yep. says, so we can have the conversation while also moving toward the door. Exactly. Yeah. So we're like, as we're talking, sometimes if it's kind of towards the end, we're grabbing the keys. We're saying, you don't want to go. Oh. Putting our jacket on. We're showing yeah. this is happening without saying, this is fucking happening. Mm -hmm. We don't have to rub that in. I think it's so often uh, we were coaching uh, someone today where they were like, I'm telling my daughter it's time to put her shoes on. It's time to move out the door. Mm -hmm. And she just, she doesn't want to hear me. She's pretending and, she doesn't hear and me. And we talked about how there's one thing about giving information and there's another thing about giving connection. And when we give information, oftentimes that seems like a demand. 
And when we give connection with a question, with some validation,、mm-hmm. with a joke, with some, an idea, that's giving them connection, and that's an invitation to move forward with us.、Yeah. And those are two very different things. And that's just these weird soft skills that we like realize all of a sudden. Oh, my kid needs a little more from me than the way I would treat my husband, or or wife,、mm-hmm. or neighbor, or、mm-hmm. sibling, or coworker. <clears throat> They're needing a little bit more sensitivity. Kids、mm-hmm. actually need to be treated sensitively. That's yeah, the idea. There's、here. nothing wrong with it. No, absolutely.、Um, someone says, "My nine-month-old hands out no like candy, and he's not sitting down to eat anymore. Would love to hear any suggestions." No <laughs> like candy. I、oh, love, love that.、It. They sound fierce, <laughs> and I love it. Handing out no like candy. That's a like, good first word. Yeah, that's a really good、yeah. first word.、Um, I'm wondering too, with a nine-month-old, and we know so little about what you're you're telling us right now about your nine-month-old saying no and not wanting to sit down for meals, but oftentimes. Uh, I mean, it's perfectly normal that they would say no. They're building that beautiful nurturing, that inner resistance,、mm-hmm. that differentiation from us, right? Their bodies are also very, very invested in movement and struggle to、mm-hmm. stay sitting. So I remember my nine-month-old nursing.、Uh, I don't know if any of you can relate. She would literally just I think nineteen-month-old fling off of my boob, starting、mm-hmm. at eight or nine months, and like leave me just like hanging out in front of everybody. It's a nineteen-month-old. That I oh, it's a nineteen-month-old. Still. Oh, from any of those busy, times, busy, right? But busy, busy, busy. That's the window I would say、mm-hmm. from nine to twenty months or so, where they say he eats running around. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I love talking about eating and running around.、Mm-hmm. I'm just—I guess I wanted to normalize the fact that a nineteen-month-old wants to run around, like needs their body to move, 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 move.、Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to go about this, but I would say first of all, get their wiggles out before mealtime. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Um, so get do flips, do dips, do jumping, do all the stuff so that they can, their nervous system is better integrated, so they can sit down and stay sitting for a few、mm-hmm. minutes. They're not built to do that though, and that's the tricky thing with eating, right? Yeah. I'd、um, also want to talk about potentially、um, the chance that this little guy has been conditioned to the fact that mom will bring him food、mm-hmm. and make sure that he is eating enough. Um, and that can be problematic because、mm-hmm. it's kind of reinforcing this cycle of he doesn't want to sit down, but that's okay because I'm going to keep bringing him food. And so、mm-hmm. what I think we'd recommend really is to say food is only at the table, and and really to get that through、mm-hmm. to our kid. A, a two year old, way younger than a two year old, can absolutely understand. This is I know I've been bringing you food sometimes, but now we're only going to eat at the table. You can sit in your chair here. You can sit in that chair. You can sit on my lap. Give them some options. This is the only place we're going to be eating, right?、Mm-hmm. So food can't leave the table, and, and it, it also might be during these windows of of time、mm-hmm. as well, which I think that we get so often into being like get food into child. So when they、mm-hmm. split during dinner, then we like we're like okay, well I have to follow them around, or、mm-hmm. they miss that window, and then I have to give them food later.、Mm-hmm. And I think that、um, the intuitive eating, division of responsibility, kind of、uh, body of work that we are really into, and that's just awesome research.、Mm-hmm. Talks about the division of responsibility, saying we choose、uh, where. So at the dinner table, we choose which variety of food. So we put out all the options, right? We choose、um, what time or what what time.、Mm-hmm. So we give a window of like an hour, and then our kid gets to choose、um, which foods and how much foods. And、yeah. I would also say in our family, we were like, and how you want to eat it. Maybe you're mushing it a little more. He actually comes to take a bite and runs <laughs> again. Right. The- Parent says, "Okay, yeah." So kind of, kind of crazy, kind of busy. I, I would lean on the、mm-hmm. getting the wiggles out beforehand,、mm-hmm. and also finding a way to get some some commitment to being at the table where there's something fun at the table. I think he's been conditioned to coming for bites now, 
and doing things and being busy. And so you have to say, you got to sit at the table or on my lap. I think oftentimes too, a 19 month old has been on your lap for feeding and then gotten kind of shoved in a, uh, maybe in a,、um, high chair. a high chair and doesn't like that lack of mobility. I think a lot of kids need to be moving actually as they're sitting at the table eating, which、mm-hmm. is really hard for us to watch because you're like, you're going to fall, you're going to choke, you're going to hit yourself. But that's better than them actually leaving the table.、Mm-hmm. So oftentimes with a 19 month old or a toddler, We need to open up the rules at the table to make sure they stay there. If we're too stringent and controlling at the no table, no toys at the table, nothing, or, then they're out of there. They're going to be like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. But this you isn't could, fun. But you could also experiment with putting up a boundary, which、mm-hmm. is something we've done, which says, if you leave the table, that tells me you're all done.、Mm-hmm. And we try a few nights of saying, Oh, I see you're up. So that tells me you're done. Should we clean your plate?、Mm-hmm. Should we clear it now? Because when I see you going to play, that tells me. You're ready to play and you're done eating.、Mm-hmm. I know we used to be able to come and go and come and go,、right. but the new plan is we all just try to sit here and eat as much as our, our bodies need. Your body will tell you. It'll tell you.、Yeah. And it's going to tell him that he's starving when he doesn't, when he goes to play instead、mm-hmm. of sitting to eat a little bit. And that's okay. He's got a couple hungry nights then. Or maybe then half an hour later, it's still at the table because it's within a window that you're comfortable with.、Mm-hmm. I think so often we're like, well, dinner's over. I got to do the dishes and all the things.、Mm-hmm. Then I end up giving him protein bars all evening、mm-hmm. and, or we're, dessert. We're, and we're perpetuating the vicious cycle of them not being at the table, right?、Mm-hmm. Implementing this starting tonight.、Um, yeah, we would say, <clears throat> um, It's not about the broccoli is one of our favorite books on eating stuff. And、um, Child of Mine. Child of Mine by Ellen Satter is another one.、Um, and then there's a new book on intuitive eating for kids. So go- you can Google、Sounds、intuitive、great. eating for kids. It's really good.、Um, there's another dinnertime drama, new behavior of our oldest five throwing food at the sitter. That's、mm. hard. Yeah, that must be really hard. Especially when you're oldest, <clears throat> you're like, you're the oldest. Come on. Like you should be regaling our, our sitter and. You should be the, the big brother or sister, right? Is it, is it when dysregulated or kind of in a funny way? Yeah, or kind of gotten into a cycle,、yeah. I'm wondering. But I think、um, that that's, that kind of t- dovetails into creating some sort of、um, boundary awareness around、mm-hmm. mealtime. So we, in, in our families, we would say, if you get up and leave the、it's、table, no, like, yeah, no,、um, and there's heat on this <laughs> and you're in trouble or I'm having a judgment. It's just, it's very neutral. If you get up and leave the table while you're eating, that tells me <clears> you're all done. Or, If you play with food, if you throw food, and that would usually happen. Actually, it would mean they're all done. Usually,、mm-hmm. our kids would like eat and then start kind of doing、mm-hmm. stuff with the food that wasn't great. I mean, I think a five year old, like when they're at the table, like when they're hungry, when they're maybe, I don't know if the sitter is controlling their eating in any way.、Mm-hmm. So, oftentimes, it can be a form of resistance where you're telling me what to eat and how and when.、Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to throw this food at you. It、mm-hmm. could also be they're just hungry and dysregulated,、mm-hmm. and they're wanting to do that.、Mm-hmm. It could be dysregulation. It's not more、says. physical when upset. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A five-year-old throwing food, throwing anything, hitting, kicking—that is so normal and natural.、Mm-hmm. So nothing there, nothing on the sitter at all. I think it's also just—I think we, we were talking about this with the nineteen-month-old at the table. How can we get Wiggles out? Maybe mealtime needs to be a little earlier.、Mm-hmm. What can we be doing to support them when they're not feeling great? They're a little hangry, maybe. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's what I'm wondering is, is this five year old who's throwing food at the sitter hangry and it just got pushed and he's starving? So he's kind of upset or what's making him upset?、Mm-hmm. Right. I would go to that need. What's going on?、Mm-hmm. And maybe if we're around and working, which most of us are <clears throat> more than not right now, we could pop in when we hear that. 
happening and say, what's happening? Okay, how are you doing? What are you needing? Mm -hmm. Maybe the babysitter is b controlling his eating a little bit, like three more bites or, or you maybe, have to finish this. Right. Or, or maybe he's just feeling a little bit of disconnection and wanting more connection with the caregiver. And she's busy with the younger kid or doing dishes. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes... Um, Things can happen uh, and they're not feeling good mm -hmm. and it can kind of come out saying, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable and here's the safe place. Oh, here's this thing in my hand. I'm going to throw it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, I think it's online school. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure, a lot of sitting, you know, a lot of focus, a lot of screen time for a kid. If you have a sitter, um, is yeah. that just outside of the school window or is that kind of they're helping with the it, school, they're helping maybe? with school and stuff too? I just cool the online school. If you feel like Online school is potentially part of the stressor and the culprit here. Ask the teacher what he can scale back on. Yeah. Our girls do up to an hour of online school a day in their first grade. Mm -hmm. um, the connection and feeling left out. Mm -hmm. School stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can connect with him about that too. What's been mm -hmm. going on with school? How are you feeling? Yeah. Or, or I haven't been able to spend time with you between this and the sitters here. How are you mm -hmm. doing? Call out all the things that make us feel like crap about the current situation basically get those brave moments to lean mm -hmm. in with our kids and just not give a big spiel or a lecture about it, but just say, how are you doing with this thing? It's mm -hmm. been hard, huh? Well, and he might be on his own, as you said, like the connection feeling left out, helping with the little while he does school, like mm -hmm. he's on his own and he's just doing the school. He's got a responsibility to be following the things and doing the things. That's a lot for a five-year-old maybe. Mm -hmm. And then meanwhile, his younger sisters maybe getting a little more play time, getting a little more one-on-one -on -one connection time. So maybe the sitter could say, okay, right after his online school breaks, mm -hmm. he and I do what we call fill, fill the cup, fill up the cup. Mm -hmm. We usually do it as our parents, but the other caregiver needs to do it too. How can I fill his cup and do something fun that he wants to do that mm -hmm. feels really good, that builds that that kind of relationship back, and then we roll into lunch. I would, or do, we or give I would him do it, some agency around lunch. Or I would fill the cup before he goes to online school and mm -hmm. then he breaks yeah. and after. Like all those moments if he's, if he's having issues <clears throat> with it. For mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Hi, everyone. That's tough. Thank you for being here. We've got an, a sticker. I think uh, Sophie wrote one. Oh. <clears throat> Let's see. Sorry um, about that. Someone said, if I ask my five-year-old to stop doing something, he hits himself, and I don't use hitting as discipline. So what to do? <clears throat> sure. Oh, man. We were talking earlier. At, last week, we were talking about spirited kids. Mm -hmm. But I also really love talking about sensitive kids. And realizing the power that we have as parents to affect our kids, not just to teach them, not just to show we love them, mm -hmm. but that any kind of, of form of loving correction can often be felt as a judgment mm -hmm. um, from the least sensitive to the most sensitive, from the least spirited to the most spirited. Mm -hmm. Kids, every kid experiences our words differently. And we might say something like, hey, can you not... Um, dump your plate in the sink. Can you set it on the counter instead to a five-year-old? And maybe they feel like a lot in that moment. There may be higher stress level at the mm -hmm. moment and they interpret that kind, hey, could you do this as like a slight and as a personal situation. Mm -hmm. And so a five-year-old, depending on their temperament, might project that stress out and say, I will throw it in the sink any way I want or mm -hmm. Ugh, mom, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or they might say, I'm so stupid. Ugh this is terrible, right? So we want to make sure that the way that we talk to our kids, the way that we communicate requests and invitations and give information mm -hmm. and fill in context, um, all of that stuff is done in a way that's received to them 
as sensitively as possible. And it's going to be different for every kid. Yeah. Some kids, you need to like kind of say it, spell it out a little heavier duty and they can take it. Other kids are very sensitive. We were very sensitive kids where mm-hmm. the least, uh, tiniest amount of shame and we would literally spiral out, right? Mm-hmm. Every kid is so But I different. think that that's, that's the moment when that little voice on our shoulder says, isn't that so permissive? <laughs> isn't it just like you have to just say everything just right to them? Ugh, come on. They need to get used to the real world where <laughs> people just say stuff and they have Suck to it deal up, with it, right? <laughs> and I think that in those moments we say, when we're able to be sensitive, we should try. We can try because we, we like to think of our home as an incubator, as that safe place for introspection, for connection, for, if yes. nothing, good modeling, mm-hmm. right, to be sensitive to other people's needs. Mm-hmm. How would we want our partner to speak to us with a request? I think so often it's really easy to just like bark out shit to our kids, mm-hmm. right? And especially a five-year-old. Did they say five-year-old? Mm-hmm. It's like they're at that age where they're really showing you they can do so much and understand so much. And so I think it's so easy for us to just naturally put a little more pressure on them. And I hear that in my voice to my Mm seven-year-old and my four-year-old, like, come on, you should know this already. So I think the first step here is getting a little awareness about the tone you're using, the -hmm. words you're using, and then thinking about what impact that has on, on your kid. And then having a conversation with them. That's what we call our resist approach is a respectful conversation. So instead of stop doing whatever, or I told you no, or why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Even without a lot of heat, why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Come on, honey, you know that no, right? And he starts hitting himself, right? Right. And that's when you can go to him and say, oh, you're... You're hitting yourself. I see you. Can you hold your hands? What's going on? Was I, was I, was my tone a little harsh there? I'm sorry. How are you doing? You seem anxious. You seem overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that this is happening Mm -hmm. right now. And then when they're out of the moment, they're calmed down when we can calm them through co-regulation, through our attachment connection, right? Mm -hmm. Then we say, Hey, when I asked you about that yesterday or earlier earlier today, gosh, that was hard. How are you feeling? And a five year old, can maybe tell us how they're feeling and we can build that awareness and then say next time, like, should I just go cup about the counter or mm-hmm. what, what could I do? Right. Yeah. Or starting that conversation so they can build yeah. their the, but an awareness it's, of their it's needs. It's so distressing seeing our kids yeah. self-harm in those moments. You just want to be like, I just said no to you doing this thing. And now I want to say, no, stop hitting, <laughs> stop hitting yourself. Stop pinching yeah. your arm. Why are you doing Why are you that? adding insult to injury? And I think that, that all of this comes back to connecting instead of correcting. Mm-hmm. When we say no in that moment, or when we say stop hitting yourself in that moment, we're correcting them. Mm-hmm. And what anyone who's feeling se- as a sensitive person or just sensitive in the moment based on stress wants to be connected to and not corrected. Mm-hmm. I think a five-year-old who is hitting himself when uh, you make a request and he's not feeling so great about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a stress behavior. He's instead of yelling, no, or you can't make me or ignoring, or ignoring mm-hmm. there are all these different stress behaviors our kids show us mm-hmm. when they're struggling to adapt to our expectation, right? Mm-hmm. When their development and their brains, their temperament are saying, I can't do this, mom. This is too much for me. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm stressed out for all these other random reasons. And this is just hitting the, the top for me. He's going to, he's going to do that. Maybe Mm -hmm. everybody behaves differently. Some of us, we think about our own stress behaviors. Some of us go into isolation. We avoid people. Mm -hmm. Others talk, 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 and perseverate and talk, 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 talk. Others get really clingy with partners. These are all based on temperament. What do you do? I nitpick. I'll just be like, what's this? (laughs) 
Why is this sitting on the counter? I thought you took care of this. And what about this? Are you ever going to put that away? That's what I say What's to my that husband. that tone I'm hearing? I don't like yeah. that. That doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. Yeah. We all have our own stress language. And kids have a stress language too. So we have to keep remembering to stop looking at the behaviors in the language mm-hmm. and look beneath those for the underlying needs. Try. If we can help Try. our kids understand their needs, feel comfortable around their needs and their mm-hmm. negative, quote unquote, challenging mm-hmm. feelings, then they can actually look at them, uh, identify them, communicate them, manage them, right? It's a big ask. Yeah, We're so, all doing this work someone together. Someone else has a five-year-old question. How to approach a newly five-year-old when he has something he shouldn't and wants to run around and be chased. Mm. I like that. It depends on if it's a really dangerous thing that he has or mm-hmm. something that's not that much of an emergency. Mm-hmm. I think that we definitely don't want to respond in a way that's very serious mm-hmm. because that will perpetuate the the cycle. I think oftentimes we're like, I can't pretend to be like silly about this because that's going to perpetuate it. Mm-hmm. But I think what kids need always, what always remind is that they need connection over correction. Connection will solve issues. Connection mm-hmm. will s- build skills. Connection will see you through, right? We want to correct. You can't take that. That's Bring it wrong. Back. Bring it back Let's right now. Let's get serious now. Stop. But what they're asking us to do is they're bringing us into their world and saying, play with me, connect with me. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, misbehavior, quote unquote, is a bid for connection. Mm-hmm. And I think in conventional wisdom, it says, don't validate that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. So oftentimes, if my kid runs away, sometimes I will say, well, I'm working on something else and see if mm-hmm. kind of uh, not giving a lot of attention to it would help. But oftentimes, they're really, they're doing it for a reason. They want our connection somehow. Yeah. So I just neutrally would go and be like, oh my gosh, you have that. Or, hey, what's going on there? Are you running to hide in your room with what, it? What? I'm going to come look for you in two minutes. Right. I'm going to come with a bin and I want you to throw it into here. Like they want us to play with them. And then once we get it back and mm-hmm. have created a positive association around you have something that I want, that's mm-hmm. what we really want to be doing is creating positive associations around negative situations for ourselves, um, is then we process. Hey, so what are you doing? Why are you always taking the, the candles off the grabbing, thing? Grabbing those things and, and right. you know about them, right? Because they like could hurt you. Yeah. Could, like, or really why? Hurt. why? Why don't we want you to have those? Check, Check for understanding. understanding. Yeah. You know, what's going on? Let's have a conversation. You're de- you're not adding more energy to something yeah. that they're going to want to keep so, reliving. It's so easy for us to think about, okay, my kid is showing this thing. I need to rise to meet that. That's when I, I get serious. I'm going to double down. My tone Your kids is like are serious. serious. So you're serious. Right? My, my energy level and my voice gets louder. I'm going to meet that with that energy. Yeah. And that almost always makes things worse, right? And it hinders our kids' learning. And I think that you brought that up, Hannah, is it's attention-seeking. And I don't know why conventional discipline says attention-seeking is bad. Our kids are craving attention. That means they need something from us. That means they need our help. Mm-hmm. That means they're struggling. And they there's don't know no- how to do it There's yet. nothing wrong with attention-seeking behavior. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with it if we can't help them, if we can't support them. And that's why sometimes I would just go to what Ross Green calls mm-hmm. Plan C, where we just, I'm like, <laughs> he can go. just take it. I will go find it in his room later. Whatever it is, my precious whatever, I will right. go find it. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm not feeling able to play that game a little bit, to invest two minutes to connect instead of correct and not meet that energy with negativity but positivity, then I'm going to let it go. Right. I think it's also so much about power. And we love talking about power. Mm-hmm. A five-year-old is wanting some power. 
He may be wanting to play. He may be wanting attention. But oftentimes, they're also wanting power, which is good for a kid to want.、Mm-hmm. People are always like, "Oh, they're power hungry." Just like attention seeking. They're power,、seeking. whatever. Like、mm-hmm. this is what they say about women. Also, this is、mm-hmm. what they say about other、uh, other people. They want more power. They're power grabbing. They're power hungry.、Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, they are. That's what you should be as a human: is finding a way to meet your needs. Because they are the oppressed class、right. in this dynamic. Right. Get used to it. Exactly. So giving our kids a little power and saying, "You took that from me. Oh my、mm. gosh! Tell me more. I'm giving you some agency back, some power do you, back. Do you need it? What do you need it for? Right. I so, trust so you. I know I, they don't need it for anything. But I'm going to be like, so what are you? Are you taking to your room? Is it for that mixing thing? Is it? Are you using it to like make an invention? But it's, we're telling we're our kids、that. in those moments when they misbehave, saying, "I know who you really are, and I can trust you." Mm-hmm. I want to trust you, and I, I'm going to create a positive association around this. Give you the benefit of the doubt.、Mm-hmm. Help you move through this with a, a semblance of grace,、um, of grace and、mm-hmm. dignity. Right? Yeah, I love that.、Uh, someone said, "I can totally relate to this. I have a very sensitive child who internalizes more." And as a kid, this is about our oh sensitive, sensitive self-hitting one.、Mm-hmm. Um, Has more obvious outbursts when stressed can be so triggering and tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Such beautiful insight. Someone says thank you. Maggie says five-year-old highly sensitive child has been really rough, and I can see her intentionally hurting our eleven-month-old. I have the three-year-old twins too. It's hard for me、uh, to lovingly stop her every time. I find myself constantly telling her no.、Mm. That's、mm-hmm. so hard. I feel like almost every. I feel like almost every one of our live situations we. Or sessions we talk with、uh, somebody at least about a kid hitting a younger baby. Not even just、um, more kind of like eye to eye sibling conflict, but that that power dynamic again, right? It's triggering. It's so、yeah. hard, and it triggers that feeling in us that we can't be everywhere at、mm-hmm. every moment. It's hard when you've got other, you've got twins, you've got other、mm-hmm. kids. You're like, oh, that's a lot. You have to keep remembering. That everything our kids do is seeing to a developmental need. They're trying to get their、mm-hmm. needs met the best way they can, and we cannot blame them for that, right? We cannot、mm-hmm. shame them for that.、Mm-hmm. All we can do is say, "What can I do better to manage the environment?" And this is—I、uh, want to hark back right here. We have、yeah. a comment from the person whose kid ran away with the stuff. She said, "He'll do it to my husband with my husband's cell phone, which makes my husband upset."、Oh. I wasn't sure if saying I was going to do something else would make him feel manipulated, and I didn't want that. And this ties in exactly to what you're saying, Hannah, which is. We gotta control the environment. If our kids are showing us that they're grabbing stuff that that's ours, it's it's gotta disappear. We can't、right? put the pressure on the child to not grab something. They don't、mm-hmm. have the impulse control, and they shouldn't. That's that's a conversation、right? with our husband where、yeah. we say, "Seems like when he's feeling dysregulated, he wants to grab something valuable to us. Can we keep those valuable things <clears throat> out of reach? Or、right? maybe he's trying to grab your phone because he wants your attention, Dad.、Mm-hmm. That's also something. Like maybe he's trying to get the phone because he wants your attention." Yeah, yeah, but this sensitive five-year-old that's that's bopping, bopping there, a little eleven-month-old, and then you got two twins on it. That's so hard. The five-year-old's going through so much,、yeah. and like I think that you have that already, Maggie. That understanding, that awareness of saying, okay, this is a lot for a five-year-old、mm-hmm. with three siblings right beneath her that are getting a lot of mom's attention.、Mm-hmm. She's struggling. She's probably doing Zoom school. She's probably doing all the things. And、she's going to take it out on the people that matter most. Her eleven-month-old sibling,、right? and and parents, and, and parents, everybody. and everybody. Right? That's what we do. We create a, a, a comfortable, safe, secure environment, and then we treat each other like shit in it. That's the way it works.、Mm-hmm. And if we can accept that, then we can actually move through it adaptively, build skills, do all、mm-hmm. the things. But I would say the first thing is is the environment, like you save said, save her、yeah. from herself. 
You have to assume that a five-year-old, when she's not feeling great, is going to hit her siblings or going to mess with plants or going to do, you know, hit mom and dad. Cut up something you care about, whatever. That's her stress language is hitting the baby sibling. Identified. It's out there. There's no mystery now. Right. So instead of judging our kids for what they're doing developmentally, we're going to meet them where they are and say, they're showing me this. I'm going to up my game. Mm -hmm. I can't always do it in the moment. God, did another bop. Okay. I'm bringing this to the table tonight. I'm going to talk about it with my partner. I'm going to powwow about it with my friends. Or I'm going to come to this live session and Mm -hmm. connect about Mm -hmm. how to break this cycle that feels so tough. Right. Right. So we can't. We go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, just we can't put more pressure on her to be controlling her impulses and behaving better when Mm -hmm. she has a fraction of the size brain we do. We can problem solve around this, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it it could be getting a yes space that's a safe space for the eleven month old. Mm -hmm. It could be saying, oh, this time of day when she's struggling, I probably want to be have the eleven month old on my back Mm -hmm. or up in his little like play space area. Mm or whatever it is, and starting to figure that out, Mm -hmm. talking with her and saying, when you're not feeling good inside, come to me. I want to connect with you and really trying to create a safe place. Also, when you can stop the impulse, because if you can reroute the impulse of her feeling anger and Mm -hmm. hitting, if you, whenever you can stop it, then you're, you're stopping that impulse and creating a new connection that says, want to hit, not hitting connecting with mom instead right right? but but in rerouting that impulse and getting in there and um stopping her hand or if you miss it and you can't it has to be done warmly has to be done neutrally it has to be it's possible it's over there and you're like shit it's gonna happen and i can't get over there in time we scoot along as fast as we can over right right? if we can't stop the hand because it's too late we go to the baby Who's crying I now? I do one. Oh, okay. she oh, walked by. She's struggling right now. Yeah. So we're modeling that for the daughter that walked by and bopped the baby. Mm-hmm. So we get to say the things to the baby first. So she's hearing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's still dysregulated. So we're saying, right. seems like your sister's struggling. She oh, wasn't I'm feeling sorry good. That happened. I'm so sorry. So right. we do the apology for her too. And we're so modeling we that. We talk about situations, not people. Mm-hmm. They did this. They did that. No. Oh, I'm you sorry. got hit we're, on the head. We're struggling. We're struggling. She's mm-hmm. struggling. I'm sorry for what happened, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't want to create a shame-blame spiral, a victim-aggressor mm-hmm. cycle with our kids, mm-hmm. right? We want to be telling this daughter, you're struggling, and this is how you're coping right now. We're going to work on that. It's okay. Yeah, here so we you. go to the baby first. Then we go to the older one if we can, if we have the time, if we're able. Or we shelf it for a circle mm-hmm. back. We're like, we will talk about this later. In my mind, I'm like, I will talk about this <laughs> when I'm not going to make a face like this, Right. So if we can, if we're feeling pretty regulated, we go over, how you doing? I saw you kind of breeze past the baby there a little, mm, how you feeling? You and we talk anything? about the needs. We don't say, it's not okay to hit. The behaviors. Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Even in our minds, we're like, why? Why would you do so that? We have our behavior baby. goggles on, right? Right. So we get rid of those behavior goggles. We put our needs goggles on. We go under those choppy waves that distract us that we just want to talk about all day. And we check for the needs. How you doing? Are you hungry? Do you need some fresh air? Right. Mm-hmm. All those impulses that say you must teach right now. She needs to know it's not OK. Right. We've got to silence those voices. She knows it's not OK. We've got to replace that with some mantras that say this is not an emergency. She knows it's not OK. If she this is her stress language right now. If she could control her behavior, she would. Mm-hmm. She wants to do well and she can't right now. Not won't. She can't. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's my job to support her. And the only way she's going to manage those impulses is by becoming aware of them and the needs underneath. Like kids don't need to know what not to do. They already know what not to do. They need to know why they did it. And they need to know that nothing they do or don't do is ever going to jeopardize your love, Mm -hmm. period. 
That is how kids remain secure and confident through challenges in their lives and not be riddled with insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't want a bunch of fragile kids out there. There's enough fragility in the world. I'm fragile enough as their parent. (laughs) Okay, someone says, six-year-old who is not respecting his five-year-old brothers, no, or stop. He will tackle as a game. When I try to redirect or notice his needs, what do you need, buddy? He just keeps coming over and over. Lindsay, we owe you some DMs, Mm -hmm. girl. (laughs) Um, Unconditional love, someone said. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Love you, you, Maggie. Yeah, that's a a rough one, I think, that... But it's kind of in two different categories. One, if we're really worried about the other kid physically, like, oh my gosh, they're really going to get maybe physically hurt. And we might want to dive in there with a little bit more like, I got to separate you. Mm -hmm. I need to help you, right? We're we're a little bit more present physically to separate and secure, sort of like with the bopping on the head. But then the other tack is he's just really kind of disrespecting the kid's body. He's not really working in a consent kind of way that we're hoping for. And so I think that in that in that way, we would probably be channeling more of a sports caster, mm-hmm. right? A neutral support staff. We talk about this a lot in our sibling support guide. I think oftentimes we, we want our kids to just work that consent game. My kids mm-hmm. have a safe word. It's called pickle. And mm-hmm. I just, we, we talked about it. Pickle, just say pickle if you're wrestling and you don't like what the other person's doing and the other person will stop. And that's a great expectation to have. But sometimes when, they're not wrestling and they're just close by and one of them just gets a little frisky on the other one or, or they're resc- wrestling and they know the word pickle mm-hmm. and they recognize it, but they can't stop their bodies. And so your six-year-old who's wrestling too much and going against the five-year-old wishes, it's not because he won't do it and he's choosing. It's truly because he has this need and he cannot stop himself. Mm-hmm. His impulse control in his prefrontal cortex is still <laughs> under construction and he's really needing yeah. it to be built. And correcting it and saying, stop, stop, get off him, isn't going to work. He needs intervention. Mm -hmm. That's when kids need our loving follow-through. The loving follow-through is in our trust step. Or sorry, our summarize step. (laughs) I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) Um, Where we say, okay, we've we've established through all of these other steps, we have an agreement. We got a safe word. You know, that they've all done all these things. But then one of them just can't see it through. Mm -hmm. Cannot respect the other one's body. And that's when we're the ones in power. We're the ones responsible. We got to follow through lovingly and say, you can't stop your body. So I'm going to stop it. The mm-hmm. five-year-old can't stop his body, right? Mm-hmm. It's up to <clears throat> us. Yeah. I think around five and six, if not earlier, is when we start using our words and feel that that should be enough. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's saying, ah, no, he's saying, no, Don't get off that. him. Get off right now. Don't do that. Get off or, right now. Right. And I think right. that those are the moments that we need to just in, in our mind say, this is okay. If I have to pull one kid off the other five times today, that's okay. I imagine it like a drunken brawl at a mm-hmm. pub. Do you think the, the manager of the bar is saying, you get off of him. You stop fighting, <laughs> you two. No, they're diving in there and pulling them off. Yeah. They're the ones that and the aren't bar- the and is, wrecking things. The bartender right. is like, seen this a billion times. No big deal. This is what drunk people do. This is, this is what five goes. and six-year-olds do. I just made this happen, but I made some money. Uh, <laughs> that's the problem, though. But I don't think it is a problem because I think we can be imagining this five and six-year-old um, getting into a tangle or one of them kind of over dominating, even though the other is saying no or stop. Mm-hmm. And we can still be picturing we all won something because sibling <laughs> conflict is not bad. Sibling conflict is not unnecessary. It's critical. It is, it is critical. It is valuable. <laughs> Every single time we hear a squawk or a no or a mom mm-hmm. in our minds, we want to have that mental eye roll or physical or both. But what we're trying to reroute in that impulse is to say, 
this is a teaching moment. This is a learning moment. This is a moment we can actually be connecting and building skills if we can lean in and believe that. I love that. We talk about this a lot in our uh, sibling conflict guide, which is Mm -hmm. available in our shop. We break out all of bust these kind of myths we have as our role, which is like referee, um, policeman, judge, jury, judge, jury, all these things talking about behavior and instead move over to the other side of sensitive support staff as a mediator saying the mm-hmm. only way they're actually going to succeed in relationships in the future is not if they know what's right and wrong, because mm-hmm. there are lots of adults who know what's right and wrong and they don't do it anyway. Mm-hmm. The reason they don't do it is because they don't know what their needs are. They have no self-awareness. So that's when we dive in and say, okay, I'm going to help you get, get a little space. So we think this is okay. I'm having to drag him off him again. Drag oh, I'm going to help your body. I'm going to help you. I'm going to yeah. make a little space between you guys. Mm-hmm. And then you say, what were you needing? Are you needing to jump? Let's, let's head out to the trampoline or what were you mm-hmm. needing? You're trying to, uh, were you trying to get that toy out of his hand? He loves it when you wrestle, but this was a little too much for him. Mm-hmm. Is there a redirect? Is there another place you could do that? Mm-hmm. Right. Or I heard him saying, stop, stop. And we make it even a little bit funny to be like mm-hmm. normalizing it, mm-hmm. right? This is not you're in trouble. This is not you did something wrong. This is not. Your brother is injured. You made mm-hmm. him cry. This is none of those shamey things. And those are shame, right? Mm-hmm. We're just saying, oh my gosh, gotta, gotta make this limit here. You, what were you needing? What were you needing? Sounds like your brother needed space. Let's, right. Yeah. Let's keep brains calm so learning can happen with mm-hmm. our kids. That's such a huge thing where we think we gotta ramp this shit up for them to learn, but that's not how kids learn. Mm-hmm. Kids actually learn the lessons and the way we teach by doing it in a relaxed, loving way as best we can. Yeah. Um, How do I respond to my six-year-old spirited daughter demanding, give me X, Y, Z now? I want to answer her. Um, Uh, Yeah, I don't know what the rest is, but what's this one? Uh, I love that idea of thinking of their conflict as something normal and not unhealthy. It's very helpful to me. It will help me stay positive. Oh, yeah. That's what of we course. talk about the, the sibling conflict guide is seeing it as valuable. It's mm-hmm. critical. Do you want your child dealing with these interpersonal dynamics in middle school when they're alone, in high school when they don't feel like talking to you because mm-hmm. they're being cool, in college when they're alone? No, we want that to happen now while we're here going crazy or going wild mm-hmm. with uh, siblings in pandemic. Right. Um, so the, it's all good. It's an investment right now. And, the five and six-year-old parent said, yes, the concept piece is a huge trigger. Oh my gosh, yes. The using the words, so still that physical support. Thank you so much. I have that guide. We'll dig deeper into it. Awesome ideas. You're the best. Mm-hmm. Someone else said, these sessions have been like parental recovery for me. Oh, God. And someone else said, oh, my God, same. Every night about dessert. Dessert tantrum, someone dessert said. Dessert tantrum. Someone was going off the rails for a minute, and this is helping them recover their well of kindness. Thank you for God. those notes, everyone. We're in it with you. Um, yeah, so someone shares, my 15-month-old son throws tantrums when I start getting ready to go to work. How do I help him? Oh, we also have oh, the so six-year-old. Give, give me it yeah. now. I think this is all the same. Um, we could kind of wrap those in together. What do you mm-hmm. think? We probably have to wrap up yeah. soon too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a six-year-old, uh, highly spirited, which you uh, identify, which is so fantastic. I think mm-hmm. oftentimes we hear our six-year-old say, give it to me now. And we're like, that is rude. Rude, bossy, annoying, unnecessary, entitled, bratty, mm-hmm. all those things. And then we, focusing on that behavior, those words, we correct it. And what kids need, again, based on this entire conversation we've had tonight, is they need connection. Mm-hmm. Connection is what builds the self-awareness to do the skills 
that help them express themselves better over time. And connection about the need. Right. So really, we would just say, you really want that. Mm. Sounds like you seriously want you. You got some big spoon. feelings about that cookie. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. We're honoring the impulse that looks so wrong based on our kids' development. We mm-hmm. do not want to overshadow, undermine, stamp out the amazing impulse of their inner That's wisdom and authority. Sorry, <laughs> of their inner wisdom and authority that can, through conventional parenting discipline, say what well, your needs don't matter. I didn't like the way you did it. So, ooh, you're it's six just now. Canceling. Six-year-olds don't talk that way. Right. You have to be thinking about everyone else's needs first before yours, right. even though your brain is still developing, right? I think it's so easy for us to say, I'm just talking about the way my kid said this or the way my kid did this. Mm-hmm. I value the need they have underneath. But guess mm-hmm. what? Kids can't differentiate between the needs they're experiencing and the way they're expressing them. So if we're constantly shutting down the way our kids express their needs, guess what? We're also shutting down the way they experience their needs. And we don't want to do that. We want our kids to experience needs and say they matter. And mm-hmm. they we want to be nurturing that voice that says, what about me? What about what I want? So they're not mm-hmm. in their thirties, like all of us being like, what am I entitled to again? I don't deserve How do I stop being a pleaser and try to meet everyone's needs except my own? Oh, how do I get back to that fierce spirit that says, I got to see to my needs so that I feel secure enough to help other people? Yes. Yet conventional wisdom tells us you got to shut that shit down. Mm -hmm. If we don't tell our kids that what they say and do is wrong, then they are going to turn up titled, rude, bossy, all the things. Mm -hmm. That's not how development works. We can find the middle way. We can prioritize their self-awareness and their needs. And then we can also work the game of the external socialization Mm -hmm. and say, what's that impact? Mm -hmm. Or you could go, oh, wow. And you can poke your ear. Mm -hmm. So they they gain an awareness of that that was a little loud. But you're not doing it in a shamey way. You're building awareness about all those things. You're asking them for things very nicely not to underestimate the power of our influence in modeling the behaviors we want to see. Mm-hmm. Once our kids can actually regulate their nervous systems enough to control their impulses, you better believe your daughter is going to ask for things nicely. You've yeah. got to trust in that. Yeah. That language will change over time yeah. with, our, with our modeling and support mm-hmm. and validating that underlying need, whatever it is. Yeah. So we just, as, as often as we can, Translate. we have to say, don't worry about how it feels. Don't worry about how it looks. Yeah. Keep trying to get to that need when we're able, right? Yeah. Um, and then the throwing tantrums when I start getting ready to go to work. We had a, we had a long DM from somebody. Why are you poking me? Because I have to go soon. Okay. We had a long DM from somebody all. About, about separation anxiety at school when they take the, the child to the door also and try mm-hmm. to say, okay, time to go in. Okay, you've got this. It'll be an okay day. And then having to say, no TV if you don't go in um, mm-hmm. and threatening. And I think separation anxiety is such a big one for all of us. Maybe we can end Mm -hmm. with this one hand Mm -hmm. um, for tonight. And we're sorry about the people whose messages we didn't get to. Sophie, um, we will reply to your DM. A bunch of other people, please jot us a DM and we'll try to get to you specifically or bring it up on Thursday if we're able. Mm -hmm. Um, But separation is such a big one right now, especially considering kids' stress. And I think that Mm -hmm. in those separation moments, we have to keep thinking ourselves, this Mm -hmm. is not an emergency. Mm -hmm. My child is stressed out. They miss me. 
right? This is not a big deal. And the more loving and firm I can be. So holding the love and the limit together Mm -hmm. and saying, I love you. And I'm going to have to step out. Now I'm going to pass you to your teacher is what we would recommend to that. Um, the woman struggling with at the door of school. Mm -hmm. And then as you're getting ready for work and your child is struggling, you sense that coming, you sense that impending, like they're they're starting to wig out and they need your connection Mm -hmm. and love. And like we talked about earlier, fill in the cup, finding those times to fill the cup and say, let's sit for a couple minutes. I'm going to invest right now to have my child on my lap, reading a book and connecting, filling their little love cup a little bit. And then other than that, calling it out, we could say, I've noticed, even for a two-year-old, yeah. I've noticed you struggled with me going to work. <sighs> you miss me. And, and validating, whether it's in the moment, whether it's a circle back later, whether it's at the door saying, I'm going to miss you too. And calling out all the things that make us uncomfortable and feel like shitty parents. I have yeah. to go to work. That's the only thing we say about the actual limit, like I have to leave. I miss you too. You want me to stay. Mm-hmm. We help them say all the things, right? You want me to stay. I'm going to go to work and I can't wait to see you after, right? Mm-hmm. You can do so much work through the resist approach. We should do a full episode and we will this upcoming season on separation anxiety yeah. because it's a thing and there's so much process and, and beautiful connection and conversation that can happen through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tough and we see you and hear you. And I think a lot of folks are dealing with that right now or will once a holiday break ends. Yeah, we've yeah. got so many more. Someone said how to handle a two and a half year old hitting and kicking our dog. Keep we, the dog safe. Yeah, we talked earlier <clears throat> about that. Yeah. Be neutral. Don't add heat to it. Just, Just like with hitting a, a little sibling while they're doing this. Keep the dog separated a little bit. Yeah. Be nearby if they're going to be around the dog. Stop the impulse so they're not. If you're able. Wiring and be it. super cool about it. No yeah. heat. You wanted to hit something. I have a pillow over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're still wanting to hit. I can help your body over a right. little bit. Two-year-old demanding to nurse or be taken around uh, to the house after bed post-routine and bed sharing. Oh, That's really hard, too, yeah. to just to weather those feelings, mm-hmm. whether you're, you're separating to go to work or you're trying to get your kid towards bed, but just to try to hold space for those feelings. Yeah. And know that this is not forever. Right. Right. How to help a child to randomly do meet... Um, who seems to randomly do mean things to an older sister because she, quote, she's usually mean to me. It's a lot of time out of the blue when the sister is not being mean to him. Mm-hmm. Just stress language. Yeah, just stress I'm going to take it out on the person that's closest to me, yeah. that's dearest to me, that's whatever, right? Yeah. Everybody's stress like, language okay, looks you different. You feel like she's a poopy head right now. Mm-hmm. How come? Or... Should we go outside and get a little fresh air? You do you want to help me cut vegetables while right. she's in there? Right. We don't make a bigger deal out of it than, than it is. Even yeah. if the sister's being like, what? I did nothing. Mm-hmm. That's when we have a winky with the other sister being like, it's okay. She's just, she's stressed. She's, we're, we're she's working on it. It's going to be okay. Okay. But do not make it about their relationship. It's, it's not. not. It's about the individual being stressed out, taking yeah. out on another person. And then we can yeah. talk separately too. Sometimes when your sister's stressed, she calls you a poopy face. Even and says that because you're mean to her sometimes. Mm. But yeah, I'm sorry that happened. That doesn't feel good. Sometimes yeah. you feel like you're jiving and then she just throws one of those at you and it's like, wow. Yeah. Sorry that happened. Ugh. I'm talking with her and we're working and, and mm-hmm. she's going to be able to express her feelings differently over time. We're she's all, learning. We're all working on We're it. learning. We're all trying to we're express express ourselves respectfully when we're struggling, but yeah. it's a struggle. We're working on it. Someday maybe she'll journal her feelings or she'll mm-hmm. sing her feelings or I like to take deep, some deep breaths when right. I'm just feeling a little uncomfortable. But sometimes I say things to Papa that I just don't mean either. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, I'm like, I need to say this right. and it needs to come out of my body. Mm-hmm. And you know what Papa says? He says, 
I know you're loving me. I know it's mm-hmm. okay. I know you're struggling right now. Oh, that's the best when Papa can just look at me and be like, <laughs> yeah. you need a hug. I'm not going to take this personally. Aww. You need a hug. All those fancy here. faces. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what we got to be for our kids. The way we want a partner or a friend to treat us. Mm-hmm. We got to show up that way. We got that power and privilege. We got to um, consider it, right? Yeah. Your parenting mojo. So much empathy here. Oh, we love you. I'm so tired. I was yeah. awake at 3.30 this morning. I need to go to bed. Okay. We're going to sign off yes. everyone and just say thank you yes. for being here. <clears throat> thank you for all these notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be back grateful on for Thursday. You We're so grateful for everyone. I just feel so much better after after connecting with everyone and their struggles yeah. and being like, we're struggling with the same things. Mm-hmm. And when we're able, we're not always able. We can be thinking big picture about how these hard moments, all these things that make us cringe and like complain and cry in the worry. shower and worry and all these things are valuable and wonderful. And it's going to be okay if we can just take, keep taking little steps to lean in and connect when we want to just do that overriding reaction correction thing. When we can set aside that control toolbox that we talked about and connect human to human, we're breaking these bigger cycles of, of cultural conditioning that tells us to dominate, that tells us that a family is a hierarchy, that tells us that, that we don't have to check that power and privilege we have as parents, mm-hmm. right? We can break all those cycles once a day, a hundred times a day, skip a day. That's cool too. I was going to say, there's always tomorrow. Right. We can't always show up the way we want and that's okay. And that's the beauty of parenting is that there's always tomorrow. There's always five minutes from now, right? Yeah. So we're cheering you on. You're doing an amazing job. We're so mm-hmm. proud of you. Um, check out uh, our stuff on Instagram this week. I don't even know what, I don't what, know what we're, we're doing. <laughs> we're rolling towards the holidays here. Oh man. Um, we've got a membership community coming up on upbringing.co forward slash join. If you want to check it out and pre-register we're getting that going um, so we can just connect with you all a little bit more than what we're able to do here with the group we have we love it and we just want more so um, join that if you can Mm -hmm. and we're here we're growing up alongside you one conversation at a time we will see you all next time thanks for being here bye